not Monday, it's Tuesday. I'm Drew Berkowitz, this is my show. I should know it's Tuesday because it's New Hampshire primary day. Gonna get into that here in a second. Just had some fun over at Coin Club at the bar. Love for you guys to come join us if you couldn't make it or if you haven't ever made it before. It's on Locals. You can hit that red button right here on Rumble. It's below the player. Or right over there. Right over. Yeah, that's that's where we do it. The bar is is kind of empty right now, but that's where we do it. So come check it out. You can go to drewberquist.locals.com. You can click the red button. You can go to drewberquist.com and click Coin Club. However you get there, uh, we'd love for you to come hang out with us before the show we usually do it for 45 minutes to an hour, right around that that time frame, and have a good time talking about some stories that we're not going to get to here, and then just kind of, you know, banter's in the name, booze and banter. We just kind of banter about stuff. So have a good time. Come do that. Use promo code DREW30, D-R-E-W-3-0. That'll get you a month for free. You'll get a challenge coin. You'll get all sorts of stuff, and you'll get access to other content that we do over on Locals as well. So please do that. Let's get into the news, Chris. So there's already some results coming in, but tonight is the big primary in New Hampshire. Conventional wisdom says Trump whoops up on that Haley ass, but we'll see. I guess you could you could say that something else could happen. I just don't see how it's going to, but we'll talk about it in a second. Here, here though, before we do, was Haley doing her rounds this morning with media. She went on Fox and Friends, which is a very friendly show towards neocons. And yet they still pushed her on a couple issues, particularly whether or not she would drop out if she lost to Trump tonight. Take a listen. The facts are, and I hear you, but the facts are, and it's hard when you're doing these shows. We try to cover it all, but we only have X amount of time. So we we try, we we definitely are doing our best to be um, accurate and give the facts. The facts are that Donald Trump beat you by 30 points in Iowa. Now in New Hampshire, the facts are that you were down in the polls. These are the polls. We know polls can be wrong. If you don't win today, do you go on to South Carolina? And I'm from South Carolina, and we love you there. We love Tim Scott there, but Donald Trump is also loved there. You don't want to go into your state and lose that state if you stay in the race, because we'd love to see you in some other capacity down the road. What is your response to that? Do you get out if you lose today? No, I don't get out if I lose today. I mean, first of all, again, I'm going to say this. We've had 56,000 people vote for Donald Trump, and you're going to say that's what the country wants. That's not what the country wants. We're going to have New Hampshire vote today. They deserve to have the power of their voice said. I have one South Carolina twice. Do they support Trump? Of course they do. I voted for Trump twice. I think he was the right president at the right time. I don't think he's the right president going forward. There's a difference between support and where you want our country to go. I'm going to fight just as hard in South Carolina as I did before. But do you worry the, the Iowa polls were right? The distance was about what the polls were. Right now, you're down double digits in probably the last three major polls. And in South Carolina, I think you're down 40 or 50 points. Uh, um, so w- you think those polls are that dramatically wrong and you can make up that difference? Well, in I'm not down 40 or 50 points in South Carolina. I think we need to have a current poll in South Carolina. But I'll also tell you this. When I ran for governor, I ran against an attorney general, lieutenant governor, and a popular congressman. Mm-hmm. And I worked it and fought for it and earned it. I'm going to go into South Carolina and do the same thing. I take nothing for granted. So there's granted. no scenario where it stops tonight? Of course not. We've already made yeah. our ad buy. Yeah, how many? You I mean, four million in ads? We've put in an ad buy. I don't know how much yeah. it is, but it's strong. We saved sure. our money. I hoarded. All right. So 
there you go. There's that. I, I, by the way, side point, I hate it when Fox anchors try to dress like regular folk. It just looks <laughs> silly. It just doesn't come off. You got Deucey in a seafoam sweater, Kilmeade in jeans and whatever that jacket was. And look, I, 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 I know Brian a little bit. I, I, I'm not trying to rip on everything. I disagree with him on a ton of things, by the way. But it just it comes off so disingenuous and fake. They look like they're wearing costumes, not being serious reporters, which they're they're frankly they're not. But back to Haley's comment. Back to the substance of the conversation there. What she said, particularly as it as it was being framed in terms of will you get out, will you not get out if you lose tonight? And or if you lose in South Carolina and she said, no. And the translation is, is just, I'll just break it down in kind of simple terms. I'm not getting out of the race because the enemy class has a plan. And that plan is Trump goes to jail and I'm installed. That's the play. That's what she thinks is going to happen. That's the translation of what she said. Look guys, the enemy class has cleared the field with the help of hard, right dopes on our side who are so blinded with emotion that they can't see the whole battlefield and this may have been and i'm just there's some speculation here obviously but this may have been the play all along with the democrats get trump's base fired up like a pack of starving ethiopians at a food distribution center and use them to clear the field if that's the plan then the first half of the plan is complete and and if if that's all true then what we might be witnessing is the most diabolical election scheme since biden's installation i mean think about it. the republicans best second choice in desantis is now off the table and still you've got some mega adults are out there doing everything in their power to vilify him on social media which we talked about yesterday which makes no sense but just like january 6th i it has the the earmarks or the feeling of a perfectly laid trap People are underestimating how evil and corrupt the enemy class is. And if they think for one moment that the enemy class is incapable of such crimes, then they're just sadly mistaken. You're not paying attention. Still no Epstein client list, at least the meaningful data and information on the list that would that we need and would be damning. And, and think about it. You, you've seen how they've operated over the last seven, eight years. And it's ramped up substantially. If, if this group, if the enemy class, permanent Washington is willing to cover up crimes against children, do you really think they're going to give a shit about rigging another election? I don't. Tom? No, not at all. If you're not going to try and bring people to justice that have victimized children, then nothing, there is nothing else that you won't do that's in your purview that that will even come close yeah. to if you could justify harming a child you could justify anything yeah anything at all rigging election bah, whatever throwing innocent people in jail bah, whatever <laughs> you know it, it, it doesn't matter because that's where your bar is that that's where the baseline is with the enemy class having sex with children that's the baseline. So are you going to tell me rigging the election is somehow down here? No. <laughs> you know, it's down here compared to is it somewhere up here. No way. It's down here. You know, it, or throwing January 6ers in prison for the rest of their lives. Is that somewhere up here? No, that's down here when your baseline is having sex with a child. Yeah. So 
the the plans that they have, you know, if you want to get into the whole 2030 agenda and, you know, the, the globalist one world government or whatever, it all seems like it's adding up. And these people see the finish line and they don't want anything standing in their way. So if, if their plan all along was to gin up support with Trump by throwing all these frivolous lawsuits at him, well, guess what? They did it. Or was it they were overplaying their hand in the hopes that he would never run again? Both scenarios are there. It just depends on how diabolical and evil you think the enemy class is. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's. I, I, we talked about it on Coin Club. I feel like there's all, and we're going to talk more about what I'm alluding to here in the show, but <clears throat> I feel like people are so excited about the fact that Trump's dominating in the polls, and you should be. That's great because it shows the the voice and the will of the people, particularly in the states that are that are having these primaries and and you know the caucus in the case of Iowa. That's great, and you and you see people rallying behind Trump now that that the number two option in DeSantis is out, but you're forgetting who we're up against still and you're forgetting all the things that they're going to try or actively trying and or are going to implement as we get closer and closer to this election it's 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 there's there's times where you celebrate some things but it's not time to celebrate everything yet we got a long road to hoe here and it's not it's not going to be easy at all uh but let's stay with Haley for a second because he had lawrence uh from fox who was over in a new uh new hampshire diner polling people like they typically do on fox and friends also wasn't a great a great thing for Haley here. Take a look at this scene, then we'll discuss. Coverage in New Hampshire, so let's do a quick poll. Number one issue, inflation or immigration? Who thinks inflation is the number one issue? Raise your hands. Who thinks the con who thinks the border is the number one issue? Yeah. Okay. All right, now let's go back to the candidates. Who is gonna support Nikki Haley today? Okay, you got one. And, and who <laughs> plans on supporting Donald Trump? Okay, so not a great showing for Nikki Haley there. I'm sure that chick was like, damn it. I hate being the only one. <laughs> but but everyone sees the invasion as, as it pertains to the first question, inflation or invasion. And you could throw in a bunch of other options there too. Obviously, a lot of things broken right now in America. But everyone sees this invasion that's happening and are starting to realize that these people aren't gardeners or nannies or someone who's going to pick fruit on your farm. That's 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 not who they are. Are there some in there? Sure, of course there are. We talked about it on Coin Club. The the dude who said, "You will know who I am soon." Guess who he was? He was the leader of an Islamic party in Azerbaijan who was pri in prison for 12 years for trying to overthrow their government as a terrorist. Again, not gardeners or nannies, folks. And and thankfully more and more people are seeing that. But all that to say, uh, uh, there's some results coming in. Not there's nothing worth even referencing. No, this point. is literally just stuff that was brought. That's uh, pre votes yeah. have come in. I mean, I'll show it. This is from Fox. It's just pre that's in there. N nothing really comes in until around seven. So we have about an hour till that. So so uh, this is the one time that Nikki will feel good about herself tonight <laughs> with some of those those early votes coming in, but. It's not going to go well for her. I don't see it going well. As 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 the folks on Fox and Friends talked about, look, you're down by 40, 50, sometimes more points in, in these polls here and in South Carolina. And I love her response. Well, no, no, I'm not. 
<laughs> the one thing that, that that I thought was a was a giveaway to Nikki Haley and her whole attitude, she she used the phrase "if I lose." Winners don't say "if I lose." They always say "if I don't win." She Good so point. she threw her cards on the table right there. She is somebody that I would never. It, it would be hard for me to get behind and support. I, I I don't trust her. I think money is her her overriding motivator with everything that she does, and that's you know that's how she you know chooses to spend her political capital by people who will keep filling her bank accounts once she's out of office. And we already have that with Joe Biden, and she is just you know. A, a female version of that. Yeah, she. To, and I, I say this all the time. She represents the worst of both parties. No, she does. And and I think that the, the the kicker is with that conversation, kind of admitting and no. I mean, they know her and her campaign team. They know they're going to lose tonight. So in a normal world, which we obviously don't live in, conventional wisdom would say it's time to drop out. There's no chance of beating him unless, like we talked about before. And some people are talking about in the chat now. They know something we don't and or they're holding out hope that something is going to happen. That's the only reason you stay in is I've got Buku bucks. I've got Reed Hoffman money. I've got all sorts of other crazy money behind me and they don't care. Let's keep this up in the event that we're able to get a, a win somewhere else, whether it's an indictment, whether it's prison time, whether it's getting them off the ballot, whether it's a combination of all those things. So you just you can't rule that out with these people because that's just how vile they are. And and reminder, it doesn't matter if you're a pro-Trump person or not. This what we're experiencing right now and the push behind the scenes to make sure that this individual is never president again or never holds any elected office again and or is put behind bars despite not being actually charged for anything not actually having any significant evidence for anything if they had evidence on him as we always say he would have been locked up a long time ago no one is hated more than this man by permanent washington so if they had even a little breadcrumb of something it would be enough to put him away forever and they would they would go to town with it but you just you can't you can't rule these people out and 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 underestimate who they are and what they're capable of so Right. That's what and when you were when you're talking about, you know, falling into this trap, this this ambush of having her still in the race, you've got, you know, the people on the right who have totally sullied Ron DeSantis and sent him packing back to Florida and, and they're flexing over it, which is really weird. So we're stuck with Trump and Nikki Haley. So if this is an ambush, we're stuck with Nikki Haley. Which yeah. she clearly isn't the second choice for a lot of people. And if you notice, remember last week, was it last week or two weeks ago when uh, it was last week when um, UK Daily Mail came out with that story about her cheating, about Nikki Haley cheating on her husband. And so Nikki Haley's response was to make sure to, to bar Daily Mail out of any of her, you know, upcoming events. So. It's like they've already gotten like the biggest skeleton out of her closet already, which would lead you to believe that, yes, this trap does look like it's set because you don't hear anyone else in the media addressing us. There are no follow-up stories. There's no other curiosity with any other reporters on any network or any print media that are talking about this. And it, it's going to turn into one of these things 
where if she stays in it and it comes up again, she's going to say, look, I'm not talking about this because I've already addressed it, which she hasn't. She's right. just totally censored any kind of any kind of response to it because she knows that it's true. And it, 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 you don't have to have any sort of response when you're in control of the narrative. So when it comes to this being a trap, now that the media is in on it because they're not hammering her with questions about infidelity, it's like, okay, what's up here? Infidelity while her husband was deployed, which is next level douchebaggery. Yeah, she's right the there. ultimate joke. She is Jody. Yeah. Awful. Uh, well, so South Carolina's next. Obviously, waiting on the results for tonight, which will happen after the show, and we'll we'll talk about that tomorrow. But waiting on those results, South Carolina is the next primary up. Her state, where she's from, where she was the governor, all of that. And you've got someone there who's not necessarily a, a, a big-time Trumper in Nancy Mace, but who is a representative from the state of South Carolina who weighed in. I'll we'll pop this up and I'll read her. Yeah, pop it big so I can read it there. But um, Simon Ativa put this out. Congresswoman from Nikki Haley's home state of South Carolina, Nancy Mace, explains why she is endorsing Donald Trump for president over Nikki Haley. She writes, quote, today I'm endorsing Donald J. Trump for president. I don't see eye to eye perfectly with any candidate. And until now, I've stayed out of it. But the time has come to unite behind our nominee. To be honest, it's been a complete shit show since he left the White House. Our country needs to reverse all the damage Joe Biden has done. By every barometer, our lives and our nation were better under President Trump. The economy was booming. Our border was locked down and our nation and her allies were safer because of our adversaries feared him. Donald Trump's record in the first term should tell every American how vital it is he be returned to office. Note, Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina has also endorsed Trump over Haley. So you've got <clears throat> two big names there, and I would presume, I, I don't know how we haven't talked about this, but I would presume Lindsey Graham has too because he likes to cuddle up to Trump even though they're so different. Have, did, did he Did he endorse her? <laughs> Ham, excuse nah. me. I, I, he, he, Lindsey Graham's gonna blow whichever the way. The way well, and he's also stumped for Nikki. Like I remember, there was a week where he went and and, and talked about. I forget the stupid ass line that he uses all the time for Donald Trump policies that he used on on, uh, and then he always gets booed. But but he he went and did one event one week, and then the next week went and said the same kind of positive things about Nikki Haley, proving your point that he just goes wherever the wind blows him. Um, yeah. And if he gets blowed on the side uh, by a male, he loves that too, because that's his thing. But it's, I, I don't know if he did, but you've got Tim Scott and Nancy Mace from that state who have some clout with, whether it's with the people or whether it's with the donors and kind of their back office and, and, and what have you there who are siding with Trump here. Uh, it, it will be damning. And that's, that's where you're going to know that this look, I think that she has no chance in hell in New Hampshire tonight. I, I could be wrong. I'd be very, very shocked if I was in this case, if she gets curb stomped in South Carolina, I don't think she's going to win South Carolina, but if she gets like straight up curb stomped and then doesn't drop out, then, then, you know, something is up because conventional wisdom, you, you, any, any rational minded human at that point would say, okay, I'm done. I've lost three key states starting out that's early in the race, yes, but this is the pulse of the nation, and I lost in my home state. Any, most people would be like, I'm out. But if she stays in, 
that's when every, if your alarm bells aren't sounding now and your, your radar's not up right now, if it's not up after that, then you need to have your alarm checked out. And as, yeah. oh, sorry, Tom, just real quick. As of January 2nd, businessinsider.com has a list. Lindsey Graham says, I know the downside of Trump, but let me tell you about the upside of Trump. There are no Trump policies without Trump. So this is him saying to Fox News that he is endorsing Trump. That's his. That's his line. There's no Trump policy without Trump, which yeah. is true. But uh, but 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 according to this list, he is one that has endorsed him January second. So so no one no one's on Nikki's side in her own state, which is pretty funny. All right, lots of talk about Trump's potential, not potential, but his his VP pick, which we'll hear about at some point. Here was a conversation on Fox about it. Take a listen. Where is the president when it comes to picking the VP? Well, as the president said yesterday, he has about 25% towards one person. That's not a lot, Jesse, okay? 25%. We are very much focused on winning the New Hampshire primary tomorrow and then focusing our attention to taking the fight to Joe Biden. Hopefully, if Nikki Haley decides to realize she has no pathway to the nomination in this race and will drop out. I don't know, genuinely. I uh, so you don't, don't know. know the president even knows. I think he's still thinking about it, genuinely looking over all okay. of the candidates. I I will say this. Yes. He did tell Fox News' very own Brett Barrow yesterday yes. that the most important quality for him is someone who he knows will make a great president after he's out of office. I think that's very important. Okay, that's interesting. We're having Carrie Lake on later in the show. Are you saying she is in the running? I am saying everyone's in the running. Everyone is in yes. the running. I'm in the running. You could be. I can't take the pay cut. <laughs> I heard a secret name. Kellyanne Conway just brought it to our attention. Marco Rubio for VP. Now, I hadn't even seen his name on a list anywhere, but then when I thought about it, I thought, huh, that's interesting. Hmm. Well, I will say this. The Republican Party has a very deep bench. Marco Rubio endorsed the former president of the United States, Donald Trump, as well as Senator Rick Scott, before Ron DeSantis even dropped out of this race, showing the power President Trump has from the great state of Florida. And tonight, here in New Hampshire, President Trump will be joined by Vivek Ramaswamy, Governor Doug Burgum, Senator Tim Scott, huh? all members of Team Trump. Right. So we'll and are, are, we, are you hearing what we're hearing, that Tim Scott got engaged because he thought he might be tapped for VP? <laughs> Is that true? I think Tim Scott got engaged because he's a great man. All right. He's in love. It's true love, everybody. Caroline, thank you. Thanks, Jesse. All right. D to be clear, did Tim Scott get engaged to a woman? Do you want me to look it up? I'm just, let's just, let's just, All right, just for shits and gigs. Okay. So uh, really no answer, obviously. And, and anyone on Trump's team who, who would suggest they do have the answer, I would, I would question just because. That's how Trump rolls, man. He just he kind of does his own thing. And even if he had said, I'm going to go with this person, it doesn't even mean that he's going to. He might still switch because yeah, that's just kind of how he rolls. And that's cool. So who who's on that list? I, I man, I don't think Marco really is. I don't think that's a smart pick, especially when you don't need Florida. But may, maybe he's on there. A lot of people suggesting Vivek is on there. Tim Scott obviously brought up. I, I could see that happening. Ron DeSantis, Christy Nome, J.D. Vance, Elise Stefanik, Tucker Carlson's been mentioned. Carrie Lake obviously been mentioned a lot. Nikki Haley mentioned. No one likes that. He supposedly, oh, he did. Good for him. Oh, she's adorable. There's Tim Scott and his, his fiance. 
allegedly. <laughs> so, but, you know, Nikki Haley, uh, supposedly that's not happening. Trump kind of dispelled that rumor the other day. We showed that on the show yesterday, I believe. But you, you've, you've got some of the different names that are being thrown around out there. Some good, some not so good. Sarah Huckabee Sanders is one that's not paid as, uh, attention to as much, but we've talked about here on the show who I think I think could be a good one. There, there, there's, there's some good ones out there. I don't want me to, I don't want you to tell me, Tom, who you want or who you think it's going to be. But as you look at this list, because that's going to be the question of the day, by the way, just as a preview. But who, who do you think makes sense? Give me a couple of those on the list that makes sense. Uh, I think Sarah Huckabee Sanders makes sense, uh, but I, I think she was a little late to throw in behind Trump, and I think Trump didn't take too kindly to that. I think Christy Nome has always been sort of the odds-on favorite, but then you have these stories about her and her infidelity. I think that was the story that was being thrown around out there. It was, yeah, it was uh, Christy Nome having an affair with somebody that had worked with uh, Trump. I can't, I can't remember the I name. know exactly what you're talking about. I can't think of the name either. It'll come to me. But yeah, that. Uh, Corey Lewandowski? Yes, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got, you've got that. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's something that seems to, you know, uh, have been dogging her these, you know, last year or so. Uh, I, <laughs> I could see it, it, what I, I can't remember what amendment it is that says you can't, the vice president, and the president can't be from, from the same state, but I could see Trump saying, oh, you know, I, it, DeSantis would be a good vice president. And then the media would just rush. You can't do that. It's a constitutional. It, he, I, I could see Trump setting that table just to own the news cycle and just <laughs> throw them into a tailspin. Yeah, uh, yeah, you could totally see him doing something like that. I, I think what makes sense. I, I look. I like Christy. I don't know if if that's true or not. But you don't need South Dakota. She would. So you don't need that state. But you would. You would get some of the female vote, which she does need. So so that could help. Uh, Sarah Sarah could help for that same reason. And and Sarah kind of has this. I, I don't. I'm not saying it's a persona. I don't. I don't know her. But she comes off as kind of just an everyday person. So, so that could work for some of the people that are needed there. Tim Scott obviously helps for the black vote, which sounds ridiculous, but that's how the world works these days. You know, he's got a, he's got a, a track record of working in DC, which I think is more damning than anything, but you've got a track record, which a lot of people care about. And he, he checks that box. I, I hope that he doesn't go. I know people love them. I like these people too, but I hope he doesn't go Tucker or Carrie Leak. I don't think it makes sense for now. I could see him doing it, but I, I hope he doesn't. I think that you do need to get someone who's a little bit more left of him to to get some of the votes you need. Strategically speaking, you got you got to worry about getting those votes, getting those more conservative, more uh, traditional establishment type conservatives who maybe we don't agree with, sure, but you need to get some of their votes. You need to get them to vote for him instead of RFK or God forbid Biden or whoever the hell they put up, but. You, you need those for sure. So I, I hope that he gets someone who can capture that without going all the way to a Nikki Haley type person, which would be just disastrous. All right, we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that with the question of the day. We're getting to it. But we talked yesterday, I think particularly on Coin Club, about how SCOTUS got in the way of national security yesterday. 
And I think you all are aware of this, but if, if you're not for some reason, they came in and told Texas Governor Greg Abbott and his law enforcement apparatus, the National Guard there in Texas, that they couldn't keep putting up razor wire. They had to let CBP and other, other DHS officials take it down. And there's been some great commentary on it. We're going to talk about the actual discussion with it. We're going to talk about something that's even bigger than that, I think. Maybe not bigger, but on par with it in a second here. But you had Peter Ducey, who as always was given Kirby and KJP and people like that hell. He asked why the Biden administration is making it easier for illegals to come across the border. Here was that exchange. Uh, why are you guys making it easier for people to enter the country illegally? we are why do you think we are well you guys sued to cut razor wire that was put in place by texas officials so that the border patrol could actually do their jobs but keep going well you won in court so now what the border patrol union president is saying the supreme court's decision is going to undoubtedly encourage more illegal immigration do you guys know better than the border patrol union the Border Patrol needed access, and that's why we sued to get rid of that uh, razor wire, so that they could do their jobs. And you know what would also help them do their jobs, Peter? More Border Patrol agents. There's an idea. And if you go back to the supplemental request that we put in, there's money in there for some 1,300 additional Border Patrol agents. We want to help them do their jobs. We want to give them more resources. And the answer we kept get, keep, keep getting back from House Republicans is no, no, no. Does razor wire work? Does razor wire work for what? Does it work for the Border Patrol to allow them to have the access they need to be able to, uh, to better process people that are uh, trying to get across the border? I don't think so, and that's why we asked for it to be removed. But what is the president's plan? This is happening just weeks after 300,000 people came into this country over the southern border illegally. The razor wire officials down there think was keeping some of them out. And you guys just sued and won to remove it. On, on behalf of the Border Patrol who needed who needed to have better access to it. Look, let me go back to your other question. And I, I know I'm running short on time, so I, I, won't, I won't filibuster here, but what's the plan? Please look at the stuff we've put forward, the immigration reform uh, legislation that the president put forward on day one, the work we're doing in the region. Just last week, we had uh, Mexican officials here to talk about how together we have and will continue to try to stem the flow of migrants. You mentioned the, the numbers. No question there's a lot of people trying to make that journey, but it's not just to the United States. It's to other countries in the world, in the, in the region. We're seeing historic movement. Not, not since World War II have we seen this many people on the move in this hemisphere. And the Mexicans are really stepping up and trying to do the more, the, more on their southern border to keep that flow going north lower. And, and we have seen in recent weeks some success at that. The, the, the idea that we don't have a plan or a strategy or we're not taking this seriously is just not borne out by the facts. And, you know, again, if the, if, if the folks in the, on the House Republican side are, are serious about border security, and they claim they are, then they should act on the supplemental request and, you know, let's negotiate this in good faith. The president has said he's willing to make uh, compromises. He's willing to negotiate in good faith. So so let's let's have that t discussion. I love that. I mean, he's he is such a douche. Golly. He's just a, he is a smug, smug, disgusting communist who I only wish the worst for him. Yeah, I mean, it's just well, you hear you hear all of his responses, which are obviously awful. 
but he says we needed to let them in to do their job, which sounds like they're doing the right thing. But what is their job these days? They're not allowed to actually, exactly. <laughs> they're processing agents. We need them to let these people in. He, he makes it sound like we need them to do their jobs to protect the border. No, no, no. That's what the Texas National Guard and Texas law enforcement are doing under the leadership of Greg Abbott and his team there. What they're saying is we need them to be able to get in there and allow these people into our country illegally. He doesn't say it exactly that way, but that is 100% what he is saying. And then he talks about at one point, we need more, C you know what we need? We need more CBP officers. No, we don't. Not under the current situation because you've got morale that's way, way down with CBP. They're miserable because they can't do what they signed up to do, what they're passionate about doing, which is protecting our country and enforcing its laws. So what's going to happen is you're going to have all those good officers leave, just like you're seeing in law enforcement communities across the country, disenfranchised, low morale, deuces, I'm out of here. You guys won't let me do my job. I hate you. That's going to happen. And then, and then you're like, oh, that sucks. And it does. And that shouldn't happen. They should be allowed to do the job they're supposed to do. But what you're going to get on the back end is what we're seeing everywhere else, the military and elsewhere, where you've got these quiet purges happening and it's very intentional because what they get then is they get a bunch of willing, weak-ass beta males and females who will then do their bidding for them. Hey, you you want a badge and a gun? You're willing to do it? We say, cool, come on. And, and, and the, the problem is just exacerbated. It's made, it's made so much worse. And that, that's the fear here. But man, if you cut through what he's really saying, it's very damning. It is very damning because he he he's saying it without coming out and saying it. It, it. You know, when he says, you know, a comprehensive immigration bill that was put on the table, he's talking about amnesty. All these communists say the same shit, and Kirby's just regurgitating the same communist talking points. He's one of the biggest piece of shits that I have ever seen in my entire life who gets up on the microphone day after day and just lies. And even it's not even parsing words or he's just a flat out liar who's right. just is a disgusting, vile filth. But that aside, you know, when he talked about, well, there's a couple of things. He's talking about razor wire. How many fobs were you at in Afghanistan that had razor wire? And what was the purpose of the razor wire? <laughs> to keep people out. <laughs> Pretty right. simple. Yeah. Yeah, and I love this. It's impeding. He kept saying it. It's impeding the border patrol from doing what they're supposed to do, which you talked about, which is processing all the illegals coming in, giving them plane tickets, and sending them off to wherever they want to go, yeah. knowing that they will never see an immigration judge. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you talk about how he's a liar and gets up there and just spews filth and lies every day. So does his token friend and press secretary. Corrine Jean Pierre KJP. She said that the razor wire just got in the way. Take a listen. Look, we are uh, certainly glad that the Supreme Court uh, made the decision to to uh, uh, vacate the injunction that prevented border security to actually do their jobs, to do humanitarian work, to actually in, uh, to actually uh, enforce laws, uh, and it got in the way. <laughs> it got in the way. <laughs> they're, they're trying notice do their job, which again is processing and sending illegal immigrants on their way to ruin your life and eventually ruin our country and also do humanitarian work. That's not what they do. 
CBP is not a NGO. That's kind of what they've turned it into, but that's not how it's supposed to work. It got in the way it was hurting them because it got they got caught on the wire. So maddening. Here's the good news though. Abbott said, Hey, I'm not I'm not backing down. He said this yesterday. <clears throat> We're gonna keep going. And then today, he had those sons of bitches, and I say that in the most endearing way possible. He had the National Guard and law enforcement, who I'm so thankful for, out there laying more razor. They brought more in. Supreme Court says we can't do this, boys. Let's bring in a couple more trucks and put more out. That's baller. I love it. And he sh- look, he shouldn't listen to them. He shouldn't go along with him. The federal government hates you. They hate him even more because he's in a wheelchair because they're that kind of filthy ass bitches. But despite the fact that they're supposed to work for you, the federal government, they're supposed to be working for us, right? Your representatives are supposed to represent you. They don't. The government is supposed to be an entity that helps us. It's supposed to be limited, but they're supposed to be services that are helpful and they work for us. And they not only hate you, but they always forget that pesky, pesky constitution that they swore to uphold, right? Which is they pretty don't care. They don't care about the Constitution. They haven't cared about the Constitution in years. They, they always act like, you know, Democrats and some of the, you know, neocons always act like, you know, it's a sacred, you know, document that we have. <clears throat> they don't give a shit about it. They never have since the Civil War. They don't care. And like you said, I'm so happy Abbott is, is ramping things up. What I really want to happen, I want the this thing to come to a head. I want the DOJ to get involved. I want them to send the FBI down to the uh, governor's mansion in Austin, and I want them to try and arrest Greg Abbott. I, I want to see what happens. Let, let you know. Let's go after this. You know, Could, does the state have its right have a right to defend its citizens when the 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 federal government? is failing to defend its citizens. You know, who has the final say in this? Let, let's get this on. Let, let's do it. Yeah, I agree. I, I, you know, obviously you don't want violence to happen, but it's at some point it's going to, and, and you're going to have people make dramatic moves, such as the scenario you outlined there. But you're talking about, don't the states have the rights? Yes, they do. Section 4, Article 4 of the Constitution says the federal government shall protect each of the states against invasion. When the federal government fails to fulfill this constitutional duty, Article 1, Section 10 expressly guarantees states the sovereign power to repeal an invasion and defend their citizenry from overwhelming and imminent danger. This resolution affirms that states don't have to be passive victims of this administration's border security failures. Rather, they should exercise their sovereign constitutional right to defend themselves and their citizens like Greg Abbott is doing. Don't back down, Greg. Don't back down Texans. Don't back down anyone. I'm not there with you. We're here in Florida, another free state, but I'm here for you. And you can pave the way here with boldness and adherence to the law, adherence to the Constitution. So I love it. It's so important. Please, please keep doing the right thing. Who cares what the federal government says, particularly when it goes against our country, our safety, our freedoms, and the law? Well, this is the government once again trying to step in and saying they they have the overriding jurisdiction in the United States. And what they're trying to do is centralize all power in D.C., like they did at the Civil War. Jefferson Davis, as far as I, I know from history, stepped out of the Capitol expecting to be arrested after he said that there were states that were going to secede from the Union. I don't think Jefferson Davis wanted to go to war. 
and, and have a civil war in the United States. I think that he thought that he was going to be arrested and this would go to the Supreme Court, whether the federal government had the authority to not allow states to break away and form their own countries. And well, obviously, Lincoln thought that they didn't have that right. So we went to war and 600,000 Americans died during that war. But this is this is this is a, a way smaller version of that is who has the absolute power is it the states or is it the federal government yeah and i uh, you know i hope that people argue the, the the right way there see cut through the truth it, it gets a little muddy on certain issues i get it but at this point in time as balkanized as we are you lean on the constitution you also just lean on common sense and say did they have our best interest at heart? No, clearly not. Okay, rally up here, Texas, Florida, Oklahoma, South Dakota, whoever it is, and let's do the right thing for our people, and let's do it in the confines when and where we can of the law, but the law supports that in a lot of ways. Sticking with SCOTUS, so huge failure there, right? And this case is not over. There's still a chance it could, it could go a different direction. But cards were played and opinions were, were put out there. Amy Coney Barrett and, and Justice Roberts both sided with, with the libs on the court. Not surprising, very disappointing, which doesn't even begin to describe the emotions I have for, for what happened yesterday. But sticking with SCOTUS for a second, we talked a little bit about this on Coin Club today. Remember this, this what happened with Texas was a huge deal, is a huge deal. And while it's not done yet, like I was just saying, Texas could still win the case. The fact remains that our so-called conservative court is not that conservative. You've got those two I mentioned abandoning America with their decision. And I bring this up because everyone is excited. I said I'd come back to this. Everyone excited right now about Trump's dominance in the GOP primaries. You should be. That's great. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, and I, I, I argue all the time, he still needs to go out and capture other voters the independents, the soccer moms, some people who are offended by mean tweets. I don't know why they are. They need thicker skin, but you got to get some additional people. But there's a lot of things to celebrate, some good things happening. But don't take your eye off the, off, off the, off the ball here because you know how the left operates, as, as we discuss all the time. You know what they're trying to do. And if, if, it, if push comes to shove and we get to a situation in this country, whether it's weeks from now, months from now, or into this fall as we're closer to the general election, what do you think this court's going to do? This so-called conservative court that's not so conservative. What do you think they're going to do if Trump's indicted? And if they have a chance to save him on the ballot, keep him on the ballot, save him, keep him out of prison. How do you think they're going to rule? I'm just telling you, I would approach that with a whole shit ton of caution. Trust no one. Don't trust this court, especially all the people in Washington. They, they've proven time and time again, they don't have your back. So they've, they've, they've made a horrible decision here that is so detrimental to our country. But if this were to go to them, Tom, do you have any warm and fuzzies that they would make the right decision if they had the ability to, to make a judgment on a case that either put Trump in prison or took Trump off the ballot or whatever scenario the Dems go ahead with? How, how good do you feel about that? 
I, I don't feel good at all because I, I, I don't trust any of our institutions anymore. And I especially don't trust the uh, Supreme Court because now it's just, you know, it, it, it's politically motivated. And you have to, you know, we, we've got conservative justices and we have liberal justices instead of just having justices. So they've been politicized. So all of Washington is politicized. And unfortunately, it's them against us. It's yeah. the enemy class in Washington, permanent Washington, and you don't get more permanent than the Supreme Court. So the, the justices on the Supreme Court, I think there's one or two that you know would, would stand fast and, and do the right thing and have done the right thing, no matter what the presumed outcome was, whether they liked it or not. But for the majority of them, they're just going to go the way that they think that permanent Washington wants them to go, because in the end, they still want to go to the cocktail parties. They still want to be liked by the corporate media, and they still want to be part of the in crowd, yeah. and they still want to be on that little list of people who get you know what the, what the hottest stocks are when it comes to insider trading. So it, 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 it's all— it, 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 nothing is real anymore, and I'm not sure if it ever was, but it's all becoming, you know, much more vivid of how fake Washington, D.C. is and how much wool they've pulled over all of our eyes. I, I feel like a leper. You know, I feel like I just hopped out of the Bible and the scales came off my eyes and I could just see everything so clearly right now. Yeah, no, it it, it it's true. I don't know how real it was before either, I think. I think we're just seeing how how unreal it was and it's just all that much worse now. But it's it's not good. That's that's for damn sure and it's it's a shame because uh, there's there's things that on paper seem like they're set up in our favor right now, but that's just not how how it works. That's not reality. Let's get to question of the day, Disco. Let's play the bell. There it is. Question is this, going back to the previous conversation about Veep. Who do you think is best? Not I'm not asking who you want. It could be the same. It's likely not. Who do you think is the best pick for Trump's VP? Again, not who you want. Who do you think is the best pick for Trump's VP? Now I'm asking you, Tom. Now you got to give me an answer. <laughs> and you got to give it to me right now. I'm going Doug Burgum. I don't <laughs> think that there's anybody. Of course you are. <laughs> I don't think that there's anybody else who's in that list, even though he wasn't on the list, that uh, – isn't going to have any kind of skeletons in his closet. I, I'm a big uh, Vivek fan, but again, I'm still sort of on the fence with him. I, he would definitely curry a lot of favor with younger voters. Um, but you know what? I've been a burger maniac since the beginning. I can't let my man go. <laughs> <laughs> so he's sticking with it. The the dark horse, Doug Burgum. Again, props to him. He got up on the stage at the the day after tearing his Achilles. I, I give him mad props for that. Yeah. Okay. I don't I, I don't want to break your heart, but that's not going to happen. Okay. I, I don't think mine's going to happen. But you talked about how pulling votes from the left, and I don't think this would ever happen. But I would think someone like Tulsi Gabbard would be a great pull. Used to be talked about a lot. At yeah. one point, that was talked about a lot. But, but seeing her be like <clears throat> pushing a lot on her social media, America first, we have freedom of speech. We have to be able to keep our gun. Like she's uh, she's she's looking great. Yeah, she yeah, is. I mean, you know what? I, I, I haven't <laughs> seen anything since the Lahaina fires, which 
still the people of Lahaina only got 700 bucks. Yeah. And never forget that. The people of Lahaina got $700 for losing their entire lives there. And we're paying the retirement for government workers in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. That that's that just shows you how much the Biden regime hates your guts. Yeah. And the fact that you know after after that we haven't I really haven't seen much of Tulsi of you guys. I've seen a few clips here and there, but not it's not as much as it was. There was a while yeah. there where it seemed like it was ramping up. She was very, you know, the, she was everywhere. The most recently what I've seen is that she's teaming up with X and helping to have like some kind of news organization that is America first, you know, speaks the truth, you know, get you know, seeing stuff from both sides. I feel like that's why maybe she's been quiet because she's working on that. But the stuff that she's been posting, it's like, are you sure you're a Democrat? It's it's like it's sitting with um Fetterman. You're like, wait a second, what are you what are you saying here? But she was always leaning more centered anyway, even when she was running, but she's been more vocal about it lately. Yeah. But that would help, I would say it would bring the female vote and it would bring some people from the left over. But yeah, I, no, it would again, I don't think it's gonna happen, but no, chaos. They don't have to be on the list. Um, chaos is going with with Rice. The others, Clay Higgins. The other people are are we're catching up, right? Obviously, we're ninety seconds ahead of you guys with our our encoders. And I, I think, like in the past, it's helped if they've been on the list because they know they have the supporters behind them, people who've funded, you know, like you know, donated, voted for them in there, you know, to get them whatever. It helps. But I think now, like, come on, last election. Biden didn't have to go out and talk. He was yeah. not even on the camp, and he won. So it just goes to show you don't really need to have a presence anymore. You just have to have, you have to have the right pool. You have to have the right, you know, the voice out there. She's got a great voice, you know. I don't know. Are you saying her voice or like saying her, like her, her stance on things and her audience and the way she gets things through? I mean, she does have a nice sounding voice too. I could listen to her read me to sleep at night. I, I I'm torn on this. I don't think there's many great options. I think there's some great people out there who aren't great options for VP. I, I have lots of questions about Vivek. Uh, I don't think he's the answer. I don't think Trump and Kerry both running on 2020 was stolen, even though it was, is, is going to work in terms of strategy. I, I like both of them. I like Carrie Lake. I don't think that that's the right pick, but I know a lot of people want that. I don't think Tucker's the right pick. I love Tucker. I, I think, again, like I said earlier, it's got to be someone who goes a little bit more towards the center of the conservative movement, not not of straight-up establishment rhino type. And I think it's probably got to be – I hate identity politics. I hate people who hire based on X, Y, or Z because a box is checked. I think it should just be the best person – but that's not how politics works. That's not how Washington works. So I I, I feel like it's got to be someone like a, a Sarah Huckabee Sanders who gets that soccer mom type, or someone like a Tim Scott who gets the. And I'm not a big fan of Tim, but uh, but I also don't hate Tim. So I feel like it's got to be someone like one of those two who's called Rhino by some not rhino by others can kind of have a foot in, in, in both pots there. I, I don't know. Maybe it just goes Fetterman. <laughs> Let's get Fetterman in there. He, he will also too. I, and I think, you know, he, we know that he likes to play the game. <clears throat> you know, he likes to try to win the news cycle. He, he just likes tries to get under people's skin. So, Hey, you know, let's get a rhino in there and, and, and let's not get a rhino. But I'm saying, 
I could see him playing that card. Who? Trump. Oh, Trump saying, no, let's Trump. get a rhino as a VP, and let, and, but someone that we know that is maybe on that fence, but then that'll help kind of weed people out, weed things out. But again, he's made yeah, he some dangerous things Pence. in the, yeah, he made some dangerous moves in his last administration, yeah. you know, and it's so it's just, you hope he, he, he doesn't repeat that, but yeah. <laughs> we'll find yeah, out soon. I like the idea of a woman feels like a Democrat move. It totally is. But we also don't play the game as well as the Democrats. So there's got to be, you know, I wish we, I mean, honestly, if we're going to play their game, I wish there was a really good prominent black female who could be the person. But I don't know that we have that. You know, people toss around Candace. That's not the, that's, that's not serious. Uh, I I don't have necessarily anything against Candace, but that's not a good, that's Joe Rogan. There's a good pick. I, I, I would love that. Let's do that. That's my pick. I'm going with Joe Rogan. Would he still do his show? Uh, but I, I think it's got to be a smart move. Uh, of the people listed, I would go with Huckabee or Scott. Don't feel great about either, but uh, yeah. but I but I I don't think it should be a pick that we just love and feel great about because I don't think that's going to help us. I think it's got to be someone who's like, ah, oh, okay, I can stomach that. Let's see how they do. How about O'Shea Jackson? Who the hell is that? Ice Cube. Oh, oh. <laughs> yes, definitely. I, I didn't know his legal name was that until now. Yeah, no, seriously. I, I mean, I if you want to get somebody who has has a feel for you know or had a feel for Middle America because he's a gazillionaire right now and, and can speak to a younger crowd, you know, somebody like Ice Cube. I, I, you know, I know that it would never happen, but these are the terms that I think of in sort of pop culture and being able to reach people, and that's where we're at that point now of you know policies be damned it's all about it, it you know it's all about your appearance it's all about your your gravitas when you're in front of a crowd it's selling yourself as a brand and he is somebody who's been able to sell himself as a brand for the last 40 years yeah yeah no that's true it's not going to happen either your, your ice cube or doug bergen picks both interesting <laughs> Not gonna happen. But he, he I mean, said, "Come on, Friday's a classic movie." Oh yeah, not disputing it. Not disputing. No. It. He also said he wants this person to be potentially the next president. And he said honest. we won't be surprised. Yeah. So, well, we'll see. We're gonna find out at some point here. Let's move on to this story before we get out of here because I want to make sure that we touch on this because the the January sixth committee deleted over a hundred encrypted files. Days before the GOP took majority. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here, right? I'm going to read something. You just leave that up, uh, Disco. This is from the New York Post. I'm just going to read part of it, and then we'll discuss. A House subcommittee investigating the January 6, 2021 Capitol riot is trying to recover 117 encrypted files that the now disbanded House Select January 6 committee deleted before Republicans took the majority last year. A digital forensic team employed by the House Administration Subcommittee on Oversight discovered the data deletion occurred on January 1st, 2023, and were able to recover the password-protected files. The find was first reported by Fox News. Quote, yes, these reports are accurate. Representative Morgan Griffin of Virginia, Republican out of Virginia, uh, said, unfortunately, at this time, we cannot determine what was in the deleted files. The Democrat-led January 6th Select Committee obviously took great strides to shield certain information from us, said Greg Murphy of North Carolina. The question is why? 
what are they trying to hide? Their whole plan was to get to the truth of the matter. That's what they said. Of course, that's not true. They obviously didn't want the real truth, just their truth. The panel's chairman, Rep. Barry Loudermilk from Georgia, has since written to the former House January 6th Committee Chairman Benny Thompson, requesting passwords to access the data, according to a copy of the letter obtained by the Post. So how convenient... We're, guys, we're just here for America to get to the bottom of one of the darkest days in the history of this country. And we have no evidence, but we're still going to hire a TV producer to do this whole thing, make this a made-for-TV event. And we're going to push, 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 push. And it's going to go nowhere and get zero traction, which it didn't. The media still talked about it, but politically speaking, legally speaking, it really got no traction because there was nothing there except for damning information about permanent Washington and their role and involvement in it. And you have to just assume that at least some of these 117 deleted files right before the house who opposed the Democrats and the two uh, supposed, you know, rhinos in name only uh, Cheney and Kinzinger who were on that committee, that they had to get rid of this before the house took over knowing that the House had said, once we get into power in the House, we're going to go ape shit on this particular issue because it's all been total hogwash the whole time. I mean, this is a perfect example, though. This is like so many other things. We know about Epstein's lists that are out there and the data and the damning criminal evidence that's there. We, of course, are not going to see all of that. But we know it's there and we know the House of Cards would fall. We know that there's evidence on the, the pipe bomb we know there's evidence on how this was all set up and established. And we know that, the, that a lot of these people were in it. It was a total hit job by permanent Washington on Trump. And, and then you see something like this, 117 encrypted files deleted at the perfect time. And we're going to, we already are, and we're going to be told, look away. Don't believe your lying eyes. There's nothing to see here. And it is just straight up maddening, y'all. It is. And I guarantee you that most of those files are centered around, centered around one person whose name is Yogananda Pittman, who is the assistant chief of Capitol Police, who was the one on the ground orchestrating everything. I guarantee you it was her calls that were being made by radio to unlock the magnetically sealed door to the Capitol, to have Capitol Police usher people through. She was the one who was in charge, and she was also the one who was not being truthful to the chief of police when he was checking in with her of what was going on on the ground. And I guarantee you that all that evidence is directly related to her. And you know what? What a crazy thing. After the Capitol Police chief resigns and then later, you know, goes on Tucker Carlson to tell his side of the story of everything that happened, Yogananda Pittman gets a nice cushy job as the chief of police at Berkeley. Yeah. No, it's just, I, 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 I'm at a loss for words. There's nothing else to say about it. All of this stuff is so orchestrated. We are just treated as complete and utter fools, domestic terrorists for bringing up the obvious. And I'm just so freaking tired of it. It's, it's awful. Ginger, we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, I'm, I'm sick and tired of it. I'm also sick and tired of, of super villains around the globe who aren't even Americans trying to interfere, not trying to, they are interfering with our domestic policy 
particularly in big metropolitan areas, but across the board in our politics, all of that. And no one does it more than the Soros family. George Soros, of course, strokes out every couple of minutes now and is going to die soon, which will be great. But his son, Alex, has taken the reins in their little evil empire. And he was talking at the World Economic Forum and it just didn't come off too well. He, he, he really kind of struggled to get some words out. Let's play this clip and then we'll get out of here for tonight. Um, but, um, you know, I, um, I don't think that that's the, I don't think that that's the fundamental, I don't think the technology is the fundamental issue uh, in, in democracy. Democracy is messy. I mean, you know, democracy is about contestation of ideas. It's about uh, plurality. Um, it's about people having different truths, actually. Now, mm. um, <laughs> fundamentally, uh, how society lives together um, civically um, in those in those contestations um, is you know is obviously uh, is obviously um, you know quite uh, quite uh, you know quite tricky. But I think that if we play too much on this disinformation card, we're taking responsibility away from ourselves to actually create a narrative that inspires people to vote and to believe uh, you know in um, uh, in uh, in democracy and democratic. Um, institutions. And on the institutional part, I think that we can talk about uh, institutions as these abstract things, but institutions are also about people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you, know, um, you know, we just heard this, this, this point about untrustworthy people, and we talked about things in the United States like, you know, like um, checks and balances, which aren't written anywhere, but are customs. And one man, Donald Trump, literally came in and just took that, you know, took that, took that all away. Um, you know, so, um, you know, so, um, you know, but when I see this, I can't you know, fucking I take it this, anymore. Can you just get it out? <laughs> Dear God, if you were playing a drinking game for, uh, uh, um, so, you um know, any of those things, you'd be as dead as those three dudes watching the Kansas city chief games, chief game on this weekend. Dude, I mean, there's something weird going on with that story. That's, that's a weird story. We, let's talk about that tomorrow on coin club because something's not adding up there. No, that's a very strange story. But this dude, look, if you're going to be a supervillain, you need to work on your public speaking skills. Uh, he was <laughs> stuttering and stammering all over the place. And it's pro- look, it's, he does need to work on his public speaking skills. But it's probably also because he can't say what he actually wants to say. So he has to lie. All these evil people have to lie, right, to convince people that they're pure of heart. I'm just here to help. I'm just going to use daddy's money to make your life better. Wink, wink. No, I'm not. I'm going to railroad your ass and ruin your country and make sure that everyone is a part of this new this new system that we're trying to usher in. That was just as bad or if not worse than when George was like, uh, for two straight minutes. Remember when we showed that clip where he just, he his just, dad. yeah, just, yeah. Uh, like it. <laughs> Maybe he's been spending too much time yeah. with his dad. Let him go, Alex. Let him go. <laughs> it's like he's speaking Kamala ease. Yeah. Where- you, you you go, uh, uh, consternation, uh, um, uh, plurality. <laughs> yeah. It's like all these words that you've heard other people who you think are really bright say, and you want to use them in your vocabulary so you come off sounding smart, but you don't know the way to construct a sentence to put them in there. <laughs> and then the, the sentence that you do construct and then you put them in there, you're like, thank God I was able to use the word, you know, plurality in a sentence. Oh, shit. What's my next thought? Um, <laughs> uh, 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 what's my next word? Just his body language alone. 
shows that he's hiding something. He, like you're saying, he's not. He can't say the truth. So I'm gonna keep my glasses and keep looking over at. The, you're gonna help me find the word I need to. Come on, just say I don't have an answer, or say what you really want to say, and just get it out. Get it out. Get it, out. Alex. It's okay. <laughs> we, we're we're here for you. If I was if I was the guy running the thing, I would have said, take a beat, have a glass of water. Yeah. Collect your thoughts and then tell me the maybe answer. Maybe something stronger. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe just something. You see how high his pants were pulled up. <laughs> They're like almost all the way. Through. It was like he was wearing knickers. It was the weirdest <laughs> thing. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I can't take it anymore. We've we've had enough fun for today. We've Look got at that. You can see his milky white cat. <laughs> yeah. Speaking speaking lessons and and some some sunshine. Will will do you right. Uh, I don't think anything will really do you right because you're just evil scum, uh, and we wish the worst for your family. We really do. We wish the best for the rest of you, though, guys. We appreciate you guys spending time with us tonight. Let's uh, let's go. Hope that this this curb stomping happens tonight in New Hampshire. It goes as well as we think it's going to. I think it's going to. We'll talk about that tomorrow. We'll talk about that, Tom. We'll talk about the the three dudes who I. I'm not laughing that they're dead, but it's just a weird story. Froze to death in the backyard uh, of a friend, you know. Who was a Bills fan. Yeah, uh, interesting. (laughs) An AIDS scientist. And I didn't know that. And an AIDS scientist. All right, we'll get into that tomorrow. There's a robot story I wanted to get into that we'll get into tomorrow as well. We'll talk about all of this stuff. Uh, We appreciate you guys being here. Like I said, please hit that like button on the way out if you have not already. Please make sure you're subscribed here on rumble or if you're watching somewhere else wherever you're watching please make sure you're subscribed there or liking that page we hope you have a great night we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow be safe be smart be free